Blog Talk Radio. listener, 
You need to look that speech up and ask yourself, in this time right now, what's going on right now, When you who do you see defending Bill Cosby? Brother cut the, a big check to Spellman. You see those Spellman people out in front fighting this for Bill? Do you see all of these famous, friendly white people that he was buddied up with, you see them out talking on Bill's behalf, saying, hey, you know, I want to say to Dr. Cosby, Mr. Cosby, you know, he, he, he couldn't have possibly done that. The people that was lining up to get his money, Temple University, and then you have to ask yourself, did they really dig Bill Cosby or did they dig Cliff Huxtable? Are we really defending Bill Cosby or are we defending Cliff Huxtable? Now, I'm the first to remind people that I am somewhere in the middle of the road on this. And let me explain this to you because I want to bring in my man, Adrian Mack, because he's going to come in he's going to set this thing off tonight. But I have to lay the, the, the groundwork here. I gotta lay the framework of where I'm operating from as, you know, a brother just like y'all, a black person just like y'all. I'm operating from that space of man, didn't we go hard in the paint for OJ? And what'd he do once he got off? And people say, Well, you can't equate Bill Cosby with OJ. I say, Oh, okay. Didn't we go hard in the paint for Kobe? And what did he do once he got off? Well, you can't equate Bill Cosby with Kobe or OJ. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just pointing out to people that we go hard for a lot of celebrities based off the characters, based off the image that some brilliant people have crafted for them to appear to us. People say, man, what about... Bill Cosby's philanthropy and the millions of dollars he's given away. Okay, okay, that's cool. I'm not knocking that. Not knocking brother, you know, giving money away. I ain't even saying brother's guilty. I am saying that if you talk to any wife and say your husband was alone with 40 some odd women by themselves and he was buying them quaaludes for sex. Would you think something was up? Would you think something was out with that picture? And let's be real. We're talking about conflicting stories of the characters. You think Cliff Huxtable would be buying quaaludes to give to his patients to have sex with him? Like, There's something there, not saying brother's guilty, because the flip side of it for me is that I understand that we're dealing with a lot of actresses. It doesn't matter whether they made it big on the screen, big on Broadway, right? At the end of the day, they are actresses. So there's nothing for them to get on television and play a role to deceive the people. 
I'll give anybody that merit. I'll give anybody that credit. But it's hard for me to say that with 40-some-odd women, that not one or two of them might not have something that might be real. And let's say they are lying. Cool. I ain't knocking that because, hey, I know in America a black man can be set up on a lot of things. But here's another thing that we know as African-American men in this country. We know that the one dance that you don't dance with, not with that type of dance, is the white woman. I'm speaking as a brother a brother at, with experience. My youngest, or one of my younger brothers, not my youngest brother, but my second to the youngest brother, he got caught up in a jam like this when he was a teenager. And he had a sexual offender record off of consensual sex. With a white girl Her parents didn't like it And they had clout And it jammed my brother up Still affected him to this day So I'm saying Even if brother didn't do those things Not saying brother's guilty But even if He was in some places he wasn't supposed to be, doing some things he wasn't supposed to do. And when you listen to that pound cake speech that he went in on our people about, let's just keep it one million. Because he said, oh, they robbing the store for pound cake. They ain't no political prisoners. Well, I want to open it up to you out there. You can call in 347-826-9600. Press option one to talk. Is Dr. Cosby a political prisoner at this time? Is he somebody that we should be fighting that fight for because he's one of us at this time? And when I say we... Let me say this clearly. I don't think with Black with Rant Radio, our listener base is black bourgeois. I don't think the bourgeoisie rock with us like that, and I don't rock with the bourgeoisie. I'm talking about the common man and woman. Some of y'all don't always speak proper English. He said he don't understand you people. Mind you, that's the same Dr. Cosby who had a character on the Cosby show, Dumb Donald. And how did Dumb Donald talk? How about Rudy? And the slain Rudy talked on the Cosby show. Not on the Cosby show, I'm sorry, on Fat Albert. Let me get that right, Fat Albert. He talked about the names, the ethnic names of African-American children. And he blamed the parents for giving them ethnic names. Is he a political prisoner of ours? Just think about that. It's going to be a dope show. And on top of that, I definitely want to uh, say this before I, I, I take any um, people on. I see Brother O was already uh, waiting uh, to get in there. Uh, I, I definitely want to talk about uh, the passing of Francis Cress Wilson. Um, I'm going to do a show next week dedicated to Francis Cress Wilson. Uh, this show, for me, is going to be special because I, I've seen some things on social media after the sister's death 
where people were questioning her work, um, calling her homophobic, and really like tearing the sister to shreds, you know, some backhanded eulogies going out, some folks even equating her to white supremacists. And, you know, I, I feel like with the ancestors and our elders, the one thing that we have to learn to do is be more respectful. And I and I can admit, hey, sometimes I've been disrespectful to some people not truly understanding their works, not truly doing my own research, you know, just basing it off of a clip or basing it off of what somebody else said. But we can't do that when it comes to our ancestors. We have to be, you know what, we owe them. We owe them that research. And, you know, too many times I, I hear black people talk about we don't want to study our own people. We don't want to study our own works. We want to bash people's works. Well, that sister's her, her work started in the, in the 70s. She did her research. We be coming with some opinions based off no research, based off feelings, based off of, well, I'm gay. So since she said homophobia ain't helping the black, I mean not homophobia, but homosexuals or homosexuality don't help the black cause in America, that's not a reason to trash her work. One of the biggest things that we've had an issue with as African Americans is population control in this country. Our numbers have hovered at 12% since they started keeping census in this country. We're the only group who've stayed at 12%. Native Americans had a, a, an abundance of their uh, people killed off. So it's understandable about their numbers. But what about our numbers? And you know, every you know, every political season you hear about how the Hispanic community is supposed to be taken serious, or the Latino community, based off their numbers. Well, if the the power is in numbers, of course, by engaging in a lifestyle or a sexuality that, that don't produce children. No, that's not helping our cause. No, that's not something that you can really go through the annals of African history and find it wildly celebrated. It is a European thing. And that shouldn't be no disrespect to Europeans because it's a part of their history. It's no different than saying that um, that inside of Africa, you know, there's the Nile River. How is that a disrespect? How is that a disrespect? You know, speak accurate about history and then to back that up with fact and research versus opinion because you have a sexual way. So I'm charged up about that. I'm trying not to let that leak over into tonight because I wanted to focus on Dr. Cosby, and I'm going to focus on Dr. Cosby. But uh, I I just wanted to say next week that is coming. We're going to have a discussion. I am going to invite people on with an opposing view next week because I want to have this out. And I feel like we need to have these more debates where we're debating the principles of the you know, the intellect versus debating it personally. Because a lot of times I think a lot of the stuff that we say it becomes personal. And when I see people talking about those hotep people or those hotep niggas as they like to call us. So when you pro black, you a hotep person, black nationalist. Now they got names for us. But it's amazing these black folks who embrace everybody and everything 
when it's time for something to happen to violence, they want the Nation of Islam to do it. They want the Black Panthers to do it. They don't expect the NAACP to bust a fruit, a grape in a fruit fight in Welch's backyard. They don't expect the Urban League to bust a grape in a fruit fight in Welch's backyard. They don't expect any of these frats, sororities, to bust a grape in a fruit fight in, in Welch's backyard. But they want it to be the nation, they want it to be the Panthers, and they want it to be the Bloods, the Crips, the Gangster Disciples, the Vice Lords. You know, all the people that they talk bad about any other time. You know, the people that they don't want to support, the people that they want to separate themselves from. You know, the people that when they hold their meetings, you know, the intellectual meetings that they have, you know, those people, the people that they don't want there, that's who they want to protect them. So it's about high time we have a discussion on that, and I'm going to use uh, the memory of, uh, you know, Dr. Cress Wilson to do that. And, um, hey, with that being said, let me bring in Brother O. Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Hey. Brother O, you there? What's up, man? Uh, can you hear me? A little bit, man. What's going on, man? You you sound like you got an iPhone, brother. I am. Can you hear me, though? I can hear you a little bit. I don't know. I never, I never press the one to get queued in. Let me see. We got to do that. You ain't got to do that, brother. Just turn your phone up a little bit. All right. All right, brother. So I know me and you've been having I, this discussion about uh, about Cosby, and I know brother Adrian's gonna come in a little bit here. I just left him at a meeting. Uh, so you know, with, with that all being said, man, uh, how's um, What's your what, what's your feeling on 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 Cosby before we get in here? Because I know me and you started a conversation, and we stopped. So I want to uh, definitely have this conversation with you before Brother Adrian come on in. All right. Well, my my, my viewpoint is this, and, and, and some other uh, people may share my opinion. Some people might be completely against it. My my theory is this: is I with professional athletes, with actors and musicians, um, I've always realized that there's the public persona. That, that that gets crafted by their publicity people, and then there's the actual person. And you try not to uh, get too caught up in the character and forget the person, the individual. That being said, it's a little bit uh, more difficult with Cosby because of the nature of his work. He's not a guy that was a basketball player or a football player. Uh, here goes a person that was handcrafted as this family person. Even before the Cosby show, there was this Cosby show in the 70s when he was a gym coach. And helping kids. So kids has always been a forefront of what he did. The, the comedy show, um, uh, you mentioned it earlier, Fat Out. And I'm definitely a kid that grew up in a Jello pudding pop era. So to hear the allegations um, stung, um, but to have a belief in the person, a belief in the man, even if the lines between who he is and who who he was gets blurred, um, my, my my viewpoint is this. Um, we talked about the pound cake speech, and I know you said you might not go ahead and air that at some point. Um, prior to that, and I, I, I didn't hear it until I got to class, my viewpoint on him is still that he's a black man that came up in a difficult, arduous time in history to go from wherever he, where he started to prominence. To me, was an impressive move. Now, to hold him in high esteem, and I think where there's smoke, there's fire, but too much of this case was aired out and judged in the public eye. Hmm. It felt 
to me from day one like a public hanging. Like, we're going to let this dude in public. We're going to influence what happens in the courtroom by what happens in the media. We're going to try this case with the people first, and then we're going to go to the court to clear it up. A lot of people hear me and go, that's good, you know. You know, as long as uh, he gets his due, due day in court, it won't make a difference. I feel like this whole case came out of nowhere. I, I didn't know anything about any of this stuff that happened in the past until publicly it got brought up. And something that nobody ever talked about was this stuff was sealed. It was never supposed to see the light of day. Mm. And all of a sudden, the remnants of it are all over the place. Ask yourself about that. Not, nobody else seems to really care about that. Now, I don't trust this judicial system as far as I can throw it. Because it always seems to me that they have the power to target whoever they want to target, bury them, and if you got the money to fight back, then so be it. But if you don't, you're just a victim. Um, am I championing any man that would take advantage of women? No. Um, but understanding at least the facts I've heard thus far, I, I just can't throw a fork in them yet. And, and I'm going to be honest, to me, a lot of people out there are speaking with a forked tongue when it comes to this situation. Because the same people that will say that Bill Cosby is this hedonistic, male chauvinist, political excuse for a man, listen to R. Kelly. Mm. Bought, bought the album when it dropped last Friday. You can't mm. dig up one guy in one arena and then slam the other one over the same crime. Or even similar crimes. So we either... Unite or we or, 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 or and care or we don't. My thing is we need to not necessarily pick a side, but be honest about hearing the facts first. As soon as it came out, people made their allegiances, and I agree with you. Where is Temple? Where is Spelman? Even Jill Scott backed up a little bit. She's from Philly, but that's the way we do our people. I I I, I saw, and, and I'm gonna check the movie out. I can't wait to see how it goes. But they're finally doing a film on Jesse Owens, a big a big budget film. And right. I read an article about, eh, it's been about two or three months now, and it talked about how Jesse Owens, um, Jackie Robinson, a lot of those black athletes from that era really fought for freedom. Nobody can deny that. But by the time Cassius Clay became, became Muhammad Ali, a lot of the younger athletes from that, that era considered to be the athletes that open the door to be Uncle Tom's and sellouts. This deep-seated disrespect for the people that came before us is nothing new. And I tell anybody to say Bill Cosby didn't make things a little bit brighter, a little bit better, or more socially acceptable. And I know we fight against that because we should have been socially acceptable on our own merit. I get that. Mm. But I can say I actually benefited from watching the Cosby show. I can say I benefited from watching Fat Out. I can't speak for anybody else, and right. I still believe that we should morally hold that guy accountable. Our viewpoint on morality fluctuates depending upon who the person is that's in trouble. Well, and I'm not saying anything new. Go ahead. Let me say this, because I'm one of those people who I, I didn't buy the R. Kelly album. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't rock with Robert on, on his latest album, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't rock with him. I, I, I didn't cop the R. Kelly album, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I'm not in that category. I honestly don't fall in a, a realm of Bill is guilty or not guilty either because, to me, 
I feel as if with the pound cake speech and the people that I try my best to help uplift while uplifting myself, mm-hmm. Bill was taking a swipe at those people. And mm-hmm. I honestly believe as, you know, when I hear you talk about the things that you benefited from the Cosby show, was that Bill Cosby you benefited from or was that Cliff Huxtable you benefited from? And like I said before about these women who are accusing him of these crimes, Bill is also an actor, a great actor. They're actresses and he's an actor. And this Mm -hmm. is an act by all parties to untrain actors and actresses that we have to sit and watch and sift through. But most of the defense that I hear, brother, from the Bill Cosby side is I, I, I get, hey, these are white women. 30-some-odd white women saying the brother, you know, did this thing to them. Some of them weren't even saying that they were raped. Some were just saying that they uh, were drugged, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some, you know, uh, say that it happened, uh, you know, at his house with his wife upstairs. Uh, one woman said she even told his wife about it. Um, you know, you had a situation where a woman just, you know, lied or got caught in a lie or someone true. She said she was at the Playboy Mansion. Come to find out she wasn't there. So I wouldn't say, and I have never said that all these women are telling the truth, that some of these women are telling the truth. But I will say that I feel that a large portion of our defense as African Americans for Bill Cosby is based off of his character as Cliff Huxtable. And I think that that, in my opinion, is a flaw. Because to me, yeah, I benefited from watching Fat Albert. I benefited from watching Cosby show, A Different World. But because I, you know, because we benefited from those things, don't necessarily mean what he was doing after the director said cut healthy, and it doesn't mean that what he did was right. And I think that we have to separate the two, and we have to really look at the fact that there's a lot of brilliant and great men and women in this country, whether they're black, whether they're white, Asian, Latino, or what have you, that have done some brilliant and great things, but they have some darker and some deeper sides to them that no one knows. And that's what I think uh, was going on with Bill. I don't. I don't think. Uh, oh, I, I don't think that they're going to be able to get criminal charges on him. But I think was the damage is, is is in embarrassing him. Now I'm saying that, but I'm also saying I, I don't have a defense for him based off of that pound cake speech, because when I saw the Cosby Show, and I saw a different world when I was growing up as a kid. I saw those characters as people that I wanted to, uh, you know, as a young black male, the, the characters that we saw was people that we probably wanted to ascend to be like, people that we wanted to, we, we saw that was, um, you know, ways to go, paths to trailblaze. That that wasn't his life off the set. As a matter of fact, when Brother Adrian get on, he's going to talk about a lot of his mafia ties. And, and, and some people forget, I remember... Our brother, uh, the late Steve Coakley, uh, was talking about um, Bill Cosby 
and some of the things that Cosby was up to in Chicago when the Playboy Mansion was in Chicago. Him and Jesse Jackson running through the Playboy Mansion naked with white women. He was married to Camille at that time. Now, I'm saying that to say Cosby would criticize any other married man for having that kind of relationship, right? He would he would, he would yeah. almost demonize that person. But it seems like to me, brother, you know, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the people that he demonized and criminalized with his words, those are some of the same people who he shared some similar demons with. And that, to me, that's that's the crust of it all. It's, hey, I, can, can we owe respect Cosby as his character as Cliff Huxtable, but divorce Cliff Huxtable from the actual Bill Cosby, the man himself? Is that possible? Hmm. I hear you. Um, you're right. Um, I know for me, um, it, it just seems to be uh, too easy for our public people, uh, our, 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 our heroes, the people that we place on pedestals for whatever reason, uh, where the powers that be want them done with and down, it just seems like it's too easy for that to happen. Um, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly that um, the persona that he exuded throughout his career would be the type to talk down on somebody that made that kind of mistake and lived outside of that. And that would be the Hollywood side that everybody's hitting up now. But it's too many men and women uh, who stalked me when they were alive and doing what they good did, did, did well for the people, uh, whether they benefit from it in the long run or not. Once they meandered off into retirement or whatever, the story never ended quietly. It never ended nicely. There was always some dramatic drop to how their career ended up. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that he's an actor and a very good one, and I agree with you on that. But he hasn't said anything, really, in this entire time. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that it could be acting being silent, but he's pretty much spoke to his lawyer. He hasn't had a whole lot to say on the issue. Um, and and I, I think it, I don't know if it would have cleared the way to even help himself had he spoken about the situation. Um, it's a weird situation. It really is. But it, it really has happened way too many times. So you got to wonder. And, and again, I, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely don't condone the actions of what he did. Uh, in, in darkness, uh, even though it, it sounds like uh, his off-screen life in Hollywood was no surprise to those in the know. But I, I, I've seen a couple of videos, some I, I definitely share with you. you. You know what I haven't heard from or haven't heard from since this whole thing became a thing, became a big issue? Who is that? Hannibal Burris. You haven't heard Diddley. It goes a comic that uh, told them virtually, you know, unknown status for a long period of time. And to be honest, I think he's funny, to be real. But he got way more noise off of this than anything he did. He's made cameo movie appearances the whole time. It's almost like he rose from this. And even, even it was an old clip that got brought up. And then since this case has made 
Front page news, silence. Not saying that he's not doing anything anywhere else, but you haven't heard anything about that dude since the story blew up. Uh, there, there are too many coincidences, too many unexplained happenings around this situation. And other than besmirching the man's character, what does anybody say? Is he like 80? Or close to 80? Yes. So uh, other than embarrassing the character or getting money out of him, uh, what is anybody expecting to happen? Well, you know, that's, that, that's I mean, a I great question. That's a great question. I know the uh, something else I've noticed is the victims. Uh, a lot of them said initially they were seeking justice. Heard that from quite a few of the interviews that I've seen online and on TV. All of a sudden, that justice got has a, has a quantifiable price tag to it. Mm-hmm. So you know, justice ain't him getting locked up or whatever. Justice is. Hey, let's get this money. And, and, and again, I would never, and I really ever use the term never, um, put rape in a negative context against the victim. And I know that I, I've heard quite a few women say that we live in a rape society, but I will fire this shot from over the bow. Um, we talk about the rapes that don't get reported because the judicial system puts the victim on trial. We talk right. about. Um, the 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 many negative emotions that that happen with with the victim, be it woman or whoever. We also talk about rape being a a crime of power, not necessarily a crime of passion. Um, with all those things being said, we don't talk about the Brian Banks of the world. Do you know? Do you remember who Brian Banks is? Yeah, I know who Brian Banks is. Right. We don't. Whether that was accused that, of rape happened, wasn't. Yeah, that, that that spent time had his whole life derailed for nothing. Only right. come to find out that the girl that did it was attracted to him and didn't necessarily know how to express it. So this guy's whole life got jacked up. That happens a lot. I'm not saying that in this particular case. To, with this case, with Kyle, it, it really seems like they got a bunch of advocates that hey, we'll pay to say this and we'll roll with it. So all the women's advocates jumping all over him. And again, that's a interesting viewpoint. Uh, again, how it's selective on who we target and who we don't target. Um, I, I really can't wait to hear uh, Matt's take on it because uh, I know he's going to bring some his, his historical parts that we don't even know about or, or haven't. Uh, I'm not going to even say that. I know that I don't know about. Um, things right. that have been researched differently. But um, I, I, this whole situation calls into in, in context what do we really know about any of the stars or historical figures that we've put up and and, and supported? Whether they be well, I say this. freedom fighters, we, we, we don't musician or athlete. Well, I say this: we don't know much, and and you know what? Yeah. You never really know much about anybody. You could be a person sitting next to you. You know, they hang out with all the time. When they go home, they have a personal lifestyle. And they do things different. You know, people do different things in their bedroom. You know, you got people who uh, seem, you know, perfectly fine. But, you know, in the end, uh, they could be, you know, having depression on the inside. You know, you you don't know everything mm-hmm. about everybody. And you don't know what everybody's up to. But what I would say about, Doctor, uh, you know, Bill Cosby, Dr. Cosby, is that I think for him, a lot of it, a lot of this situation 
is harsh on him because of the pedestal he put himself on by uh, ranting and raving on uh, black folks. Now, I said I wasn't going to play the audio, but I will pl- I will read a couple, some of the uh, Pound Cake speech. Uh, this one part right mm-hmm. here I found it pretty interesting. He said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and when I say he, I'm talking about Dr. Cosby, the lower economic and lower middle economic people are not holding their end in this deal. In the neighborhood that most of us grew up in, parenting is not going on. Got applause. In the old days, you couldn't hooky school because every drawn shade was an eye. Folks laughing. And before your mother got off the bus into the house, she knew exactly where you had gone. Who had gone into the house and where you got on, whatever you had, one, where you got it from. Parents don't know that today. I'm talking about these people who cry when their son is standing there in an orange suit. Where was you when he was two? Folks clapping. Where were you when he was 12? More applause. Where were you when he was 18? And how come you don't know he had a pistol? And where is his father? Why don't you know where he is? And why doesn't the father show up to talk to this boy? Now, here's what's crazy. Although black fathers are less likely to live in the home, according to a study from the Centers for Disease Control, by some measures, black non-residential fathers are more likely to be involved in their children's lives than non-co-residential white or Hispanic fathers. Then he said the church is only open on Sunday. And you can't keep asking Jesus to ask doing things for you. or You can't be, keep asking Jesus to do things for you. You can't keep asking that God will find a way. God is tired of you. God was there when they won all those cases, 50 in a row. That's where God was because these people were doing something. And God said, I'm going to find a way. I wasn't there. When God said it, I'm making this up. You got people laughing. You know, he's a comedian. You got to throw some jokes in there. But it sounds yeah. like what God would do. We cannot blame white people. White people got a lot of applause. White people don't live over there. They close up the shop early. The Koreans, one, still don't know us as well. They stay open 24 hours. I'm looking and I see a man named Kenneth Clark. He and his wife, Mamie. Kenneth's still alive. I have to apologize to him for these people because Kenneth said it straight. He said, you have to strengthen yourself, and we've got to have that black dial. And everybody said it. Julian Bond said it. Dick Gregory said it. All these lawyers said it. And you wouldn't know that anybody had done a damn thing. 50% dropout rate. At the time, ladies and gentlemen, when he gave this speech, the African-American dropout rate in this country was 13%. It's down 8% from that time now. So it's down to 5%. I'm telling you, and people in jail and women having children by five, six different men, under what excuse? I want somebody to love me. And as soon as you have it, you forget to parent. Grandmother, mother, and great-grandmother in the same room raising children. 
and the child knows nothing about love or respect for any one of three of them. All this child knows is give me, give me, give me. These people want to buy the friendship of a child, and the child couldn't care less. Those of us sitting out here who have gone on to some college or whatever we've done, we still fear our parents, and these people are not parenting. They're buying things for kids. $500 sneakers for what? They won't buy or spend $250 on hooked-on phonics. Now I'm going to park it right there. And the reason why I'm parking it right there is because I know some people out there saying, hey, man, it's a lot of truth to that. And, hey, mm-hmm. you know, there's always some truth to, you know, even in a lie, some truth to a lie. Like you can't, you know, you can't front on that. I, I just think that the disrespect that happens so much uh, with our people and the people who are less off is we start spouting stereotypical things that whites have put on our feet for quite some time. I mean, could parenting be better? Uh, And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we can do better parenting. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every parent who's struggling with a child who's in an orange jumpsuit haven't took the time out to parent that kid. It doesn't mean that every mother in the in the in the ghetto has five or six baby daddies. Because to me sure. that sounds like the definition of the welfare queen. The white conservatives have used time and time again on black women. And let's keep it real. A lot of white women out there with five or six baby daddies. Five or six. Yep. Five or six. You know, three might be brothers, two might be white, and one might be Mexican. But, hey, ain't nobody saying nothing. It's a lot of of rhetoric that's ripped off from Fox News. That's what I'm reading from Dr. Cosby on his words. Now, here's my thing, Brother O. He gave that commencement speech. He dropped them lines. This was at the celebration, the 50th anniversary of Brown versus the Board of Education. This is where me and the doctor split. A lot of our people, folks who are a lot smarter than me, people who are a lot sharper than me, uh, well-researched folk, will tell you, if you want to trace the problem of African Americans and where our family started to fail and where education got worse for us, go back and look at the uh, the ruling of the Brown versus Board of Education, the desegregation of schools, but we were so happy to run into these schools, right? And I'm, I want you to jump yeah. in, brother, because I, I ain't trying to hog up all the time. And I want my callers. I want you guys to call in and definitely um, give your opinion on this. But 
if you go to a lot of our a lot of our well renowned uh researchers and intellects, the first thing that they bring up is that was start the start of the downfall for the black community. The same thing that he was there to celebrate. The same people that he said, Oh man, well they was fighting and they were doing all these things to make us better. It sounds like what he didn't get, he didn't understand that the problem lies in the fact that what they were fighting for didn't work. And I'll let you have it on that one. I'm on there again. Uh, all right. Well, I, 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 I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on most of the things that you said. I really feel like um, the civil rights movement, on its face, with us having the, the the opportunity to look at it in hindsight, was was missed aim from the get go. So it wasn't just Bill Cosby that got it wrong. It was a whole host of folks. Some of our best minds look back at it and were like, man, did we really make the right decision here? Because with equality or what we thought was going to be equality, uh, we we completely got swallowed up by the system, in my opinion. And what made us strong was being that separate black nation within a nation. Now, separate but equal, we thought was horrible, which it was, because a lot of us uh, across the country were living in deplorable situations. But we were leaned upon ourselves and our own self-reliance to survive. And the minute we got that opportunity to, quote-unquote, air quotations be equal, we left those black stronghouses that we built for what we had thought were the better white situations, and we were wrong. Much rather to be autonomous and be okay and be your own boss than to make more money and be working with somebody else. But if all you've ever done is work for somebody else, and you went from essentially to doing that for free to getting a little bit for it, you shut away and you run. I understand where the mistake was made. Um, I hate that Bill Cosby or Dr. Cosby used so many generalizations. I hate that his statistics and numbers weren't up to par completely and totally. However, like you said before, there's some truth to what he said. I, I, when I read, I, I, I didn't read the whole pound cake, but I listened to it again, and I listened to it. I look at it, and there's no way I could know this for sure. But I don't feel like his intent was to demean his own people. Although a lot of people took it like that. And when I say a lot of people took it like that, I mean uh, the common man took it like an insult, and some of his contemporaries were like, dude, that's downright disrespectful. Um, and I'm not excusing it now. I'm not. Um, I think you posed a very good question. You said, all right, who's here to defend him now? I'm going to go back to it again because that was one of the most when – you, when you said that this morning, I thought about it a long time. Like, seriously. Who, who's in his corner now? He did ostracize his own people. And I, I would assume that he had to know that there'd be a retribution of some come up. It's, um, I don't know if it was you that told me this or somebody within our circle, but whenever we as a people fly high, the powers that be separate that bird from the rest of the flock. And he continues to soar, which is word, what birds do. But then you look up, if you were an eagle, you ain't surrounded by eagles no more. You're surrounded by pigeons. If you was a hawk, you're surrounded by seagulls. So that backup to keep you safe and keep you insulated from harm, you've flown out of that. And now you're playing their game. And I'm not excusing Bill Cosby at all for this, but he he's not the first. He probably won't be the last. 
um, which is why, to me, those exceptionally talented of us, again, air quotations, because, again, people are more concerned with me about being famous than they are about actual money, actual power, need to understand you're only as strong as your base. Once you leave your base, you're just out there flapping in the wind. And Bill, this Bill Cosby situation, to me, proves this. I don't care how much money you have, how much power you think you have, when they get you on that island by yourself, you can't win. Mm. But I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as a reason for more of us to start really thinking about community building, about bringing that family again. You made another point this morning, and I completely agree with it, even though it might sound like I was defending against it. Our true power has always been our strength as a unit as a family. And we kind of gave that away to trace the quote-unquote American dream. To me, it's been proven that the American dream, as we saw it, as our parents and our grandparents saw it, was a nightmare when it came to us. Um, I think it's a very telling thing that we have black billionaires. And we we make the assumption uh, a lot that, well, they got billions, they can do this, they can do like that, or why don't they buy this, or why don't they buy that? A lot of them have tried to buy this or buy that, to improve us, or even to make a profit of their own people, which would be a negative thing. But a lot of times they're not allowed to buy that. And to me, that's white supremacy at its fullest. We tell you what success is, you go out there and become successful, and at the end of the day, we still hold the keys to the car. All the more reason to be unified in what it is that we do. But it it, it, it just bothers me that we're so quick to turn and and bite one another. Where's the support? So Bill put himself out there, because let's be honest, as much as I want to defend him, I'm saying that I want to defend him, if he's true to his wife and keeps it in his pants, would he have even open this avenue to get attacked? Now, I'm saying they would have found another way, personally. <laughs> they probably would have. But powerful men and women, and that being a man's downfall, is as common as water in a, in a lake. You know, I, I want to say this because, you know, hey, Sister Lanisha, she she typed in something. So let me let me make sure I quote her first. She said uh, she thinks many people of his generation spoke that way. She sometimes has to combat her mom's viewpoints with facts. She says she just spouts off of what she's been programmed with. I think the time, place, and delivery was wrong, but it's indicative of many elders. It's to pull your pants up of his era, and. I want to I, I want to jump on that and, and say, in my opinion, I agree, sister. I, I I think that that is the main issue. That's the issue of man. We we're always telling our people because I've made it, you can make it, and then we start finding errors in the way that they're living and the things that they're doing without really knowing exactly what that person is going through. It's almost like it's the opposite reverse. We prop up Bill Cosby based off Cliff Huxtable. But then, in the same time, we tear down a lot of brothers and sisters based off of a charge that's on their record. Yeah, you're a fella. But, man, do you know that that person might have took a plea deal even though they weren't guilty? And part of it was mm-hmm. that, hey, they had fear of the system that they was going to get railroaded. 
But on the record, yeah, the fact is, they, hey, yo, he's a felon. But does it really make him a criminal because he uh, took a plea deal and said he done it? I mean, hell, there's a lot of people lying around places saying that they've done things that they have never done. Does that make them criminals? So my thing with Bill Cosby, and it goes back to your point, and her point together is this. At the end of the day, if he would have been true to his wife, and let's, let's, let's keep it real, I'm married. Married folks have different kind of arrangements than what the casual folks know. Some married people have arrangements where, hey, you do what you do as long as it don't get back to me. That's not my relationship uh, to, to, to judge as far as I don't know what Bill Cosby's uh, approval was from his wife. So I can't say that. You know, the the thing for me is that I feel like that we have to, have to stop spouting off this foolishness that's being said about us based off little facts. Hey, oh, you you texting or something, brother? Because it's pretty loud. No, no, no. Uh, you know, it, it's based off of little facts. And when I hear our people defending Bill or even defending Whoopi Goldberg, who this week stated that, hey, she's not African-American. She's no African. She's American. And I'm sitting there saying, wow, that's coming from a black woman with a Jewish last name. His real name is Karen. I forgot her last name. But she's not an African, but she can go and, and her stage name be a Jew. And hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. If you want, if you're part of the Hebrew faith, I'm not mad at you. One bit. I ain't mad at Jewish folk. But the flip side of it is, at the end of the day, you you going you gonna say you ain't African? And it's the same Whoopi Goldberg who married blackface wearing Ted Danza. I be hearing people, oh, well, Whoopi, she keeps it real. Man, y'all don't know what the hell Whoopi keeps. We fall in love with these characters. We love it. We fall in love with their personas on TV. You got to realize these people got handlers. Sometimes the handlers don't let them talk. Remember Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston? Mm-hmm. Think about this. In the 80s, you would have never thought Whitney Houston acted and behaved the way she did. Along comes reality TV. With reality yep. TV, you got a chance to see the real Whitney Houston, minus the handlers, minus her father, who kept her shielded from her, from her own foolishness. People still blame Bobby Brown. Oh, that was Bobby. Because Bobby didn't have those hands. Oh, that was Bobby Brown. I'm saying the same thing with Bill Cosby. Because the one thing we got to know about the powers to be is that when they prop you up, if you're doing what they want you to do, man, it's going to be hard for people to break you down. Hard. Hard. Think about it. We talking about Bill Cosby not being this kind of person. 
But, man, how many of us really know about Bill running around the Playboy Mansion naked in Chicago chasing them white women? Why he was married to his wife? That's the same family value Bill Cosby, not Cliff Huxtable. This ain't the man that was talking to Theo and Vanessa and Rudy and Denise. No, 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 not that lovable character. And, brother... Uh, oh, Sister Lanisha said that uh, Whoopi's uh, real name is Karen Elaine Johnson. All right, Miss jo- Sister Johnson. Sister Johnson ain't African. I, I just love it. Wow. I just think that we, pro- I think that we prop up a lot of these people. Another one, my man Rizzo from the Wu Tang Clan. His statement. Yeah, is that, that was crazy. If, if black yeah. people just dress nice, if they just dress nice. Uh, you won't get harassed by the police. They won't blow your brains out. They won't choke you to death. Hell, you won't have to go in court and have the prosecutor tell the jury that a slab of concrete that you're walking on is a weapon. Only a weapon that you can use. Only a weapon that you can use if you dress nice. Yep. That's the foolishness. And, and and I'm saying that to say we prop a lot of these people up. We, we 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 prop a lot of these folks up. We prop these folks up and we give these folks props. Man, you can have a love for, for Cliff Huxtable. That can be your favorite character. But I think as a people, it's healthy if we get a, a healthy understanding of Bill Cosby. And I want to say this, Brother O, to you and everybody else out there who might want to defend in some actions. The one thing that I got from my conversation on the ride to work was that when you talk to women who have been molested or raped, that ain't no joking matter because a lot of these people get off because their character, public character, public persona allows them to get off. People start saying, oh, man, no, not Uncle Troy. Man, not Uncle Troy because Uncle Troy, he gets a pass because how he acts when there's a room full of people. So Uncle Troy gets props based off a room full of people, not based off the fact that that's what he does when nobody's looking. That's what he does when he's intoxicated. You know, you got you know, you know, got all kinds of drunks, right? You know, you got your social drunk, and then you got your mm-hmm. drunk drunk, right? And, yep. yo, B- hey, Bill might not be necessarily, you know, uh, Bill might not be the type of dude who... On the real, uh, is really like that consciously. It's just when he gets in a certain mode, maybe it's when it's time to interview actresses, that's when he wants to do it. But then here's the flip side of it, and I got to keep it a buck fifty on this too. I keep it a million five. How about that? I kept it a million on the other one. I'm keeping it a million five. Okay. The other side of it is let's know the medium of which everybody's operating on. Because as Brother 
uh, another late brother, Dale Jones, laid out in Coach Bandits too when he was talking about Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and the rest of the Rat Pack, who were who were devil worshippers, by the way. Do your research. Stop putting these people on these pedestals. They used to have coke and porn parties where they would actually rent out parties and they would be having sex and they'll be doing cocaine. Now, the average person who knows Mr. Bojangles, you wouldn't think Mr. Bojangles did that, though, would you? Uh, no, based off the public persona, but knowing a little bit about the history and the Rat Pack, it, it doesn't surprise me. But the public persona so, says no. No, and that's the thing. That's the public persona, right? That's the. Right. It, it, it's different. You know, I know you brought up R. Kelly, but, man, R. Kelly act like a creep in public. He ain't he a creep. Man, brother rap singing about eating women's booty holes? Come on, brother. There ain't no brother that's... That he ain't hiding who he is? If, if, if a man can sing about eating a woman's booty hole, you think that man you think that man won't molest the kid? You think he won't... I, I, let me say this. You don't think that... I said molest. Let me, let me change that. You don't think that that's a brother that won't sleep with an underage girl? I couldn't debate against that one. You're right. So Bill Cosby and R. Kelly is operating from two different mediums. As a matter of fact, R. Kelly ain't telling you not to cheat on your wife. He's saying, man, you better get all the pussy you can get. That's what he's singing. He ain't True. singing values. So I are we said, This is not a Bill unique Cosby. phenomenon. We all know a preacher's kid. The image may be holy, but how they are away from pops, Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Lanisha. Go ahead, brother. Are we mad at Bill Cosby um, because the public persona was extremely positive and the life straight away from the public persona? Is that why we're mad? Would it have been better had he been uh, a comedy, a comedian that told dirty jokes and not kept it wholesome? No, I honestly believe that we shouldn't be mad at Bill at all. And let me tell you why I don't think we should be mad at Bill. I think that we give too much energy to defending people who that who really, at the end of the day, don't want to be bothered with us. Bill yes. H, we're down with the team. Like, we put these people like they're part of the team. No, nah, man, Bill's down with his own particular team. He's not with the black struggle. He can give a damn less because you don't speak proper English. And you didn't go off and do things the right way. Your name is Lanisha. Man, if you wanted a good job, you should have named yourself Jenny. That's that's the team Bill is on. Bill is for the straight back Negro. Let's keep it real. Let's keep let, let's keep it one million. Camille is more she she she's lighter in hue, but she's blacker in spirit than Bill is. You want to stand up for somebody? Stand up for the wife, because she's the one that's along for the ride in this situation. She's the one that don't have a say so in this situation. That's who you stand up for. That not not the guy because he sold you some uh, some Jello pudding pops and made a decent commercial and kept his comedy clean. It has nothing to do with his comedy. It has nothing to do with his philanthropy. It has all to do with the fact that hey, you did those things to advance you. That's cool. 
You did those things to advance a, 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 a particular group of African Americans that you feel like fit the bill for you. That's cool. But I can't equate Bill Cosby to no Martin Luther King. And I know Martin had an extramarital affairs before some smart ass call in or, you know, say, hey, you didn't know all that. I knew that. All right. So we know Martin had extramarital affairs. And you know what? Most powerful men, most men, I ain't say all. Let me clarify that again. Most powerful men, most charismatic men, nice looking men, men with money, men with a little bit more pop to their life, have extramarital affairs. I ain't say all. I want to say this again. I'm not saying all. But they do. So I'm not knocking Bill because he slept around on his wife. I'm saying I'm not knocking Bill at all. But what I'm saying, Brother O, is are we stepping up and talking on the behalf of Bill Cosby? Or are we taking up on the behalf of Cliff Huxtable? That's what I'm saying, brother. Okay. And Sister Lanisha added in on her point. She said, and often, we're talking about the preacher's kid, uh, that that they have this fake image because the preacher themselves aren't holding up what they're preaching. And that's real. And 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 and, and, let's, and 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 that's the thing that I'm saying about this Cosby thing. It's Bill always having issues with women, based off of his relationship at the Playboy Mansion. I wish Brother Adrian he uh, texted me said he uh, might not be able to make it on. He has a situation with his son, but when he was we were talking about it and he was breaking down you know the the issues Bill has had with. Uh, the mob shaking him down with him having bundles of cash on the set of the Cosby show. And then around the second season of the show, Felicia, Felicia Rashad knew what was going on. So so a lot of these people knew. But it, it's the same mentality that, it, that we have when it comes to people that sell drugs in our community or other people that come in and they, they, they prey on other folks in our community. That mentality is, as long as you cutting me a check, as long as I'm benefiting from it, I won't say a word. But once those benefits run out, or once you piss me off, I'm telling everything. And at Mm -hmm. this point here, the people on the Cosby show, the characters, they still eating good off the Cosby show. The only one person that I've heard kind of say something, and he really didn't go into details, and he would be an interesting interview if he could give it, if he's willing to give it, is the brother who played on the Cosby show as Denise's husband. He's the only person who I've heard say anything about Bill in this situation that was negative. And I think part of it is because he's not eating off that Cosby show fame like everybody else.
347-826-9600. That's 347-826-9600. Press option one to talk. It's Rat Radio. Yeah, so, Brother O, that's what I'm saying. So we're talking about divorcing these characters uh, from the actual people. And I, and I think that that's what we, we struggle with a lot as a, a people. You know, it's almost like your favorite wrestler uh, always, you know, you, you meet Booker T, and Booker T is always in Booker T mode. He's not talking like, you know, he's not talking like the actual man when he's at the at the dinner table. You know, because Bill Cosby did the Cosby show, he ain't Cliff Huxtable every time he goes uh, goes into a, a Walmart or what have you. He's just, you know, he, he's... He's Bill Cosby. That's William Cosby. It's two different things. Uh, we we have to, as fans and as a people, we have to be smart when aligning ourselves with defending folks. And that's all I'm saying, brother. I'm saying, you know, with the the situation with Sandra Bland, uh, the situation that happened here in the Twin Cities with the young brother who just got shot uh, a month and a half ago, there's more people who are downtrodden, who um, by no fault of their own are in situations that they didn't volunteer to be in. They need our defense. Our, our children need more of our defense on a daily basis. You know, this working in, ed- in education. Our children need some of that attention that a lot of our people are giving Dr. Cosby. Would you agree on that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that. But I, I, again, I'm, I'm reminded of some conversations we've had in the past about morality and where that morality comes from, and do we uh, uphold public personas to those standards? Me personally, I'm, I'm old school myself. I kind of feel like, you know, if you're an honest man, and you should live your life honestly. If you're an honest, honest woman, you should live your life honestly. Um, you should. It's the simple stuff, man. The basics, the fundamentals. But we live in a world now, man, where up is down and down is up, and left is right and right is left. Um, it's it's this whole case is just really indicative of a lot of different issues. And I've, 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 again, I've read a lot of different blogs, stated a lot of different viewpoints, and none, none has really swayed me you know, to to really change my mind. But I have been open minded to different people's beliefs on, on why this is happening and and so on and so forth. I mean, uh. I do believe that this is being brought up now uh, to take our eyes as a collective off of the Tamir Rice case and the other issues to focus on this one. Because ultimately, um, to quote Chris Rock, I know not one of your favorites, but when OJ got in trouble, no, no, I, no. I, hey, listen, I like Chris. I let, let me let me say that again. I like Chris Rock for some things. I just um. Man, you know what? I I just want to say that I don't like his assertion that it's black people and his niggas. And I don't like that for some of the same reasons I didn't like Bill Cosby's pound cake speech. And part of that is because I feel like what's happened a lot with comedy is that the comedians, because, you you know, it's a lot of truth and humor, but they they have such a powerful mic when they say things that the jokes almost become true. Like, the reason why Hannibal Burris 
was so effective in this Bill Cosby thing because he did it in a form of humor. He didn't get on and say it with a straight face and go on a tirade about Bill Cosby. He mixed it up with humor, and that humor, because it starts off as being light and people laughing, then it hits the head like, ah, is this dude really on to something? So to me, I, I, I feel like I like Chris, but, you know, I, I just wasn't feeling that whole there's black folks and then there's niggas because to me, I feel like when you white supremacy, when they look at us, we all niggas, and they're not they're not separating us. I don't give a damn what Bill thought he was doing with the uh, pound cake speech about, hey yo, this cat ain't a political prisoner because he got shot in the head with a piece of pound for a piece of pound cake. At the end of the day, he's going through it now for a couple pieces of ass. And I'm pretty sure that the way these chicks look on television, it ain't no good ass either. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I got you. Um, I forgot the Chris Rock quote I wanted to use and the point I was making. Uh, but, my bad, um, my bad. But you're good. You're good. Uh, but, I, 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 again, I bring it back to the fact that uh, these are uh, perilous times to be a black man. The more things... Uh, change the more things stay the same. And I say black men, but I mean just the black people in general, women included. Um, I feel like there's far too many issues keeping us divided and that our, our, our true focus should be on how to stop these cops and also to, to win back uh, not necessarily our neighborhoods, but the neighborhoods in which we reside. Um, I said it before, I'll say it again. Um, and again, I'm branching off from the Bill Cosby thing, but it's, it's, it's one of the same. What what happens to the best of us, or the or the mightiest of of us, can happen to the least of us. Um, right, right, right. We, we really need to be more. I mean, really, at this point, we should all be circling the wagons. To be honest, uh, we need every every person that we can. Uh, we're boots on the ground on what we're going to do next, and um. I feel like the the old school, not not necessarily Bill, but the old school, some of those people still got something to say that they can teach us that's worth us listening to if we're given the time of day. Um, and no, then, no, you know, you know what? Because brother Rodney, I, I hope he's somewhere. I hope he listens to the show live if he's out there. And um, you know, I, I, you know, I think sometimes with a lot of our, our elders, they kind of get when we critique things as us not listening and supporting them. And I and I and I, and my thing with Bill Cosby is it's not about. Uh, even critiquing the brother or not supporting him. Mm-hmm. It's about at the end of the day, you you stood there, not just the pound cake speech. You, you said these statements a few times, and you come and you and you, and you ran it on uh, a lot of people who are in positions that could be generational, uh, generational, uh, you know, problems. You know, where it's generation of, of, of miseducation, a generation of poverty, a generation of being, uh, you know, mentally ill, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And when we say what we say, we got to realize that our words are powerful when you're in those positions. And I think a lot of our elders kind of, you know, they, they don't understand that sometimes what we're supposed to do as young people, you know, because this is a part of learning. Most of the challenging that goes on in this country when it comes to thought happens on college campuses, and part of it is mm-hmm. because that's part of the learning process. Yes, I can challenge your idea and your words, and still, if you handle it right with your response, I can learn from you. 
Just don't get upset because I'm questioning what it is that you're telling me. Maybe I'm not mature enough for that information yet. Maybe I haven't seen all the proof yet. Maybe you got them jewels, but you just telling me ain't good enough. And I think a lot of times mm-hmm. with our elders, they have that slave master mentality of just because I said it, boy, just because I said it, girl, that's all you need. That's all you need to hear. Or I lived through that era. And it's like, but everybody who lived through the civil rights era was not part of the civil rights struggle. Everybody who lived through Jim Crow didn't have to go through all those Jim Crow moments. Uh, and, And part of the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of parents shielded their mm-hmm. children from a lot of things. But we have to be courageous enough to say, hey, you know what? I probably didn't go through that. And I probably don't know uh, what, uh, you know, the King family was going through after the death of their father. But I can tell you what I saw. Don't act like you're an expert because you was alive at that time, and I think a lot of our elders do that. I also think that as far as circling the wagons, you got to circle the wagons with the people that want to be in the circle. True. And I don't know if Dr. Cosby, if he beats this, will he stand up and, 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 and speak out on the behalf of the people that he spoke out against? Because to me, Dr. Cosby, when you know, let's go back to to the words. I want to I want to say that, and then I want to say this. When he says we cannot blame white people, white people don't live over there. White people control the homes and the ghetto. We had this conversation today. Go into the urban areas, and I know we like to say. It's ours. But black folks, that stuff ain't ours. I want I, That shit ain't ours. I'm just going to say it. You don't own North Minneapolis if you don't own a house. Stop saying you NFL. Because unless you buy property over there, where you a stakeholder like Sister Lanisha and her husband, mm-hmm. you that's not yours. You a visitor. These people buy property, they rent to who they want to rent to, who's willing to pay the rent at the time. And if they want to sell that house while you're still living in it, they can. And if the person that buys the house don't want you renting, you're gone. So we have to stop uh, saying that white folks ain't the problem. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm saying that is this. I always use this argument when I when I hear people say our problem ain't white supremacy. My answer to that is if I stole your car and the headlight got busted out while I stole your car, whose fault is it? Yeah. Would you say it's my my fault, or would you say, hey, man, that you know? That's what goes with uh, driving a car. Who fault would you say it was? I stole your car. I didn't even bust out the headlight. Somebody else bust out the headlight. Who fault would you say was was it, though? That was the person that stole the car in the first place. 
So when you steal a whole group of people, you steal a whole, uh, you steal a whole group of folks, bring them over, get free labor off of them, separate them from their families, take their religion, take their language. You do all of these things, and then you in turn say, "Well, man, I ain't got nothing to do with that." That's some BS. Because as long as we're here, whether we're citizens in this country, I don't give a damn if you make enough to go back to Africa a thousand times. The fact that you didn't volunteer, you're not a you're not a volun you're not a citizen here. We're unintended citizens. Nobody never expected for us to come. And when they came up with the uh, Constitution, we got black folks running around talking about my constitutional right. Man, when they wrote that damn Constitution, you was property. Yep. And they treat you like property Right now to this day So when things go wrong with us And somebody say Man that got something to do With white supremacy slash racism You damn right Because if it wasn't for that If it wasn't for the idea of the slave master Bringing us over here We wouldn't be here in the first place Going through this And when I hear people like Bill state that And then say well, the baby, the mama's got five or six different daddies. Hold up, Negro. What about Autumn Jackson? You gave that speech in 2004. Man, in 1995, you paid over 100000 up to 1995, you paid over $100,000 in child support for a girl you thought was yours because you was creeping on your wife at that time, too. So when people say that they're taking up for Bill, I want folks to keep in mind the hypocrisy. So it's not cool if your name is Tandy and you live in St. Louis and you got three kids by three different dudes. But if your name is William H. Cosby and you're married to Camille Cosby and you got what you think is a baby on the side and you got that hush money so that baby don't come to your doorstep right right you know are are, are you saying are you able to make those statements now somebody just take and and, and I want to make sure I, I quote you know I want to read this should we rate Cosby over the coals like the ones who has been doing? I say no, but like the brothers alluding to, we need to directly respect the power of words. We need to respect the perpetual promotion of harmful ideas to us. And that's all I'm saying. I don't honestly believe that we need, as black folks, to air out Bill Cosby's dirt. You won't even hear me even talk about it anymore after this show as far as publicly, unless I'm talking to you oh, in private, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I feel like it's enough for us to discuss as a people because we have to learn how to divorce these a lot of these famous folks from their characters. I, I remember uh, David Justice. We talked about this. Remember David Justice and Halle Berry when they were married? Mm-hmm. And when they had the 2020 special with Barbara Walters and Halle was on there crying and she was talking like, he beats me and all that stuff. And David looked at Barbara and David said, man, this woman is a great actress. She's acting right now. 
This all act. And people talked about how David Justice was abusive to uh, Halle Berry. I remember this. Because that's what David Justice played for the Cleveland Indians. Remember that? He was a big name back then. Yep. Yep. She was named hunting back then. Sleeping with all the men who had names. She slept with uh, Wesley Snipes and Christopher Williams. And uh, then it was Eric Bonet and uh, who else was it? Uh, man, the list goes on. She slept with quite a few of the brothers. Uh, but anyway, she, uh, you know, was able to be looked at as the victim. Now, you fast forward 20-some-odd years later, and now it's the same Halle Berry who every white man she gets with is a racist. Every black man she gets with is either sex crazed or an abuser. She goes through this. Now she's dating a young white rapper. There's something wrong with everybody else except her. And we have to remind ourselves that these people have crafted um, public personas that the the best that money can buy. And there's no need to necessarily diss Bill Cosby, but we have to recognize that Bill Cosby and Cliff Huxtable are two different people. Now, I hear that. So that's where I'm going with that. And um, you know what? I know I didn't. I got this. I got. I, I got to switch topics. Y'all bear with me, because I think that I pretty much stumped this Bill Cosby thing in. I, I just want to say one more thing before I before I switch this up, because I know a lot of folks. You know, they they think when you start speaking on topics that you're you're really trying to to go in on folks. And and, and I want to say this one more time. I don't um, wish to uh, necessarily say Dr. Cosby is guilty. That's not what I'm saying. I just want to make sure I point out again, he critiqued our people heavily. I'm not critiquing Dr. Cosby because he had any extramarital affairs. I am not. That's his business. That's between him and his wife. My critique of Dr. Cosby is, hey, you, 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 you clown our folks. Talking about they got five or six baby daddies, but you've paid for a child you thought was yours. You might not be the person that need to give that talk. You diss people for what you feel like is their intellectual level or how they speak, their dialect. You're a doctor. You should know better than to do some crazy I like that because a lot of African Americans have a hard time enunciating English words because it's not our natural dialect. He should know better. If you run around a Playboy mansion, butt naked with white women, with your black wife at home, your son at home, you're not in the position. We, you, you, you have no space to be critiquing our people who have less means than you, and that's the problem that I have with Dr. Cosby. I can give a damn less about a Janet Dickinson. I just can, 
the black man's responsibility, the black woman's responsibility is to protect one another and our children. Everybody else is optional. I don't know. Call in talking this MLK stuff. You talking Dr. King? I love it when they quote Dr. King out of context. He ain't tell you defend white women at all costs. Cut that foolishness out. He ain't tell you to sleep with one. You doing that on your own? Yeah, it's an injustice for women to be raped, but we don't know if they were actually raped. I agree with Amos. Uh, Amos Wilson, uh, Dr. Amos Wilson, saying that we need to to behave like a nation. We definitely do need to behave like a nation. And I agree with uh, Dr. Cre- uh, Cre- Francis Cress Wilson, is that we need to learn how to move in silence, that we don't need to get in an upheaval about Bill Cosby. The upheaval need to be at this point in silence from our people is, for one, the police are mowing us down faster than lynch mobs did during the Jim Crow era. That's a problem, and it's even more disrespectful. You know, folks be talking about this, they got to speak up for Obama. The hell with that. You know, the the disrespect comes in that we got a supposed black president, and the police feel comfortable, backed by the prosecutor, backed by the judge, backed by the uh, jury selection, backed by the Supreme Court to gun us down, and they don't feel like there's going to be no consequence. We need to be meeting in silence about that and coming up with an action plan for ourselves and how we're going to protect ourselves. Dr. Cosby, man, he made some great television shows. Man, those pudding pops was good on a hot Sunday. Hell, I had a Coca-Cola the other day. Tastes okay. I'm a Pepsi guy myself. In the end, that still don't trump the brother who got gunned down here in Minneapolis or anybody else. It just don't trump it. And he got the means. His family's going to be right, all right long after he goes. If we going to stand up for people, Brother O, if we're going to circle those wagons, we need to circle those wagons for the people that's really down for all of us. And I shouldn't say all of us. The people that's down to push a nation state for our people. The people that's down to push us doing better as a collective. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so uh, that's what I think. That's what I think it needs to be. I, I just... I, I I feel like if we're gonna circle uh, the wagon, and, and and while I'm talking about that, let me transition to the latest round of fuckery that I read today. Thanks to Sister Lanisha. Thank you, Sister Lanisha, for posting that article. The article was about the young man, Laquan McDonald, in Chicago. Now, as you know, if you've been listening to Rand Radio, brother like me has been sick. Uh, as far as checking out some of this stuff, man. Some of the stuff that we do as a people is just outright disgusting. I got to keep it two million for you. And what I mean by disgusting, I'm talking about, man, we know better. And uh, I had a conversation.
conversation with um, Coach TJ today, and we were talking about that. And I said, hey, man, you know, she said, well, you know, you never know what these people are going through. They could be on crack and what have you. And I'm like, look, man, that's not an excuse. Well, I ain't excusing. I'm like, look, I don't even want to hear that argument that they might be on crack because you can be a crackhead and do some effed up stuff, man, and, and hey, you still need to be dealt with. You know, fear makes a lot of people do a lot of things, but Harriet Tubman was show shooting folks in the back to make sure everybody else was safe. Yeah, you scared, but you better off dead than going back to that master where we at. And when I read the article about how the family accepted the $5 million payoff last year, knowing what was on that video, knowing that that young man was shot 16 times and on the video, it did not show him lunging at the police. And all they wanted in the settlement was to take out the fact that they knew about the video. They didn't want the public to know that. Now, just imagine that. Think about that, oh, the level of, man, I got to say it again, fuckery that you would have to engage in to say, here's your child who's gunned down by the police. Your child, by the way, who you were not raising. I want to state that again. Your child that you were not raising is gunned down. They don't, you know, it used to be the saying that man shot like like a dog in the streets, but, bruh, they don't shoot dogs like that. Ask Michael Vick. White folks ain't shooting dogs like they shooting black men in the street, like they shooting black women in the street. They ain't doing that. Young man was shot 16 times. Oh, they said it took... They said it took the city uh, council 36 seconds to vote to give this man... His, this estate, $5 million. Mm-hmm. 36 seconds. About the same amount of time it took to put the 16 bullets in that brother. And all of this was so Ron can remain as mayor. Mayor, yeah. And to me, the sad part to me is that the family could have possibly saved a lot of other African-American children and women and men from being gunned down. And probably some bad policies is going to affect Chicago for decades if they would have did the right thing, called attention to the murder of their son, nephew, and got Rom's ass out of office. We we have to start calling it real. Treason amongst us is unexcusable. You shouldn't be That's able. That's an all-time high. Yeah, you, you you shouldn't be able, for any lack of reason, to just sell us out the way that a lot of us have started to do. And part of it is because there's no consequence to selling us out. Part of it is because we don't even have the economic power to shut you down, run you out of town. And when I say about power, I'm talking about us as far as if we own the neighborhoods we lived in. 
then some of them aldermen will have to get their mind right. Mm-hmm. Some of those city council members would have had to, you know, you know, you know, had to get their mind right. And I agree with brother. He said, hey, we don't see power in our unity, but we hella fear their unity, which is crazy, sad. And that's true. You know, we, we don't seem to see the power in our unity because we think our unity must be what they say unity is. We we see any time you, when you, I, you know what, I, I was having a conversation uh, a few years ago about uh, my youth group swim. And I was having this conversation with this sister because I was like, look, man, you know what I think would be dope is if you come in, you teach a, a, you know, teach these African-American boys and girls how to write uh, computer codes. And right now what's going on is, hey, everybody needs websites, everybody needs web development. Just imagine if we could just knock that up. You know, we get 15 of them and we knock this out. Now, mind you, my entire conversation, the only thing I'm talking about is was us doing this for the kids, right? This is the brother Ice point inside of the group, um, inside of the uh, chat room. So I, I said this to this sister. She told me, this was her response, we need white people. I said, huh? She said, you know, I, I hear you talking about the mission of your group and, and, you know, what you want to do for these young men, but it seems like you don't want to include white people in the process. Now, every time I've talked to this sister, I never said anything about white people. I never said I, a white folks could come. White folks couldn't come. What she didn't understand was on a few occasions for jobs, um, a few occasions for uh, other trainings, we had white people come in. You know, it, when you're doing something in the community, you use all the tools that's accessible for you. If I can't find black experts to do it, if it's something that anybody can explain, hey, I'm gonna bring a white person in if they have the time. So I never said that I, you know, hey, white folks couldn't. I mean, hell, we're doing a program in the park. The park is ran by white folks. So no, 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 you know. But my point to that is, we're so scared to be unified. And I felt like that from a lot of people. I felt like a lot of people didn't want to help the program out. Because we never talked about, and Lanisha can attest to this, I never sat where we had board meetings. I never talked about white people in our board meetings. I never talked about white people. I talked about the kids and what we were doing for the kids and how they, how they can come back and help the community. But every time you would talk to some of these folks about the mission, I would get time and time again, time and time again, you know, you, you know we need white people. You know, it seems like you don't want white people. I would get that time and time and time again. And that is indicative of our thought pattern as a people. Anytime we find ourselves trying to do something that's going to put us in an independent path, white folks ain't got to be there to say yay or nay. One of us are going to invoke them being there. And Brother uh, R said, ridiculous, she felt the need to sell white people to you like an Asian. And she did. And she did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I see this situation in Chicago, oh, and I, I, I see this young man dead and the people that didn't raise him, 
taking $5 million in blood money because that's what it is. That's blood money. I just say, man, I, I, I know all our people ain't like this. I know it's still a lot of us who operate under that old model of, hey, man, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. And a lot of times, a lot of universal rights and a lot of universal wrongs. We all can agree on a lot of universal things. All men can agree on most universal things. But let's be real. Whether it's this situation here or it's other situations, uh, like the situation with the sister who had a young nine-year-old baby in Chicago who was gunned down, and she took the money that people donated uh, for the funeral and bought herself a car. I saw black folks stepping up and excusing that. And my mm-hmm. thing is, man, people gave the money for your baby, who, by the way, she wasn't raising her child either. That baby was mm-hmm. living with the grandmother. That's not that's not acceptable. Those are also things to me that I feel like are treason to who we are as a people. We don't have to defend those people, man. Those folks that that's the undefensible. As far as I'm concerned, like if the wolves want you and you're doing stuff like that, where you can sell out your dead child. Why is it on me to protect you? You feel me, brother? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have been there. What do you think about these? What do you think about those two? Those two cases there. Well, in both those cases, uh, I got to chop back into the original topic, man. We have to do better. There's a point you made to me years ago now, and it's probably one of the most truthful things I've heard from anybody. Um, we are capable as a people to lead ourselves to govern ourselves, to be good to ourselves, to to change the paradigm, to change uh, the narrative. Right. But in order for us to assume that, to, to, to by assume I mean to, to step into the light and do that, we got to take the losses and the wins. we got to take ownership of it. we got to be responsible. And so many of us make dubious decisions and then we'll talk bad about the outcomes. Um, in my opinion, we were America's moral compass, and the compass is broken. And now we acting like them, and that might mm. sound politically incorrect to, to a lot of people, but it's true. In, in the face of all this hatred, in the face of white supremacy, we we were we are still to this day a forgiving people, and we were. Turning over, turning over the cheek till we're out of cheeks for forgiveness. And instead of us, to me, exploding anger, which would be understandable, we've turned it in on ourselves. A lot of bad decisions. And unfortunately, a lot of the youth being caught up in those decisions because it's not the kids, it's the parents that's choosing to do this. We don't want to, again, I don't speak for every single black person. Because there are a lot of us doing good. That's another thing that we need to change. Um, It's how we we look at news and research things and hear things about ourselves. Too many of us still look at ourselves through the eyes of the people that hate us. So when a positive story happens, we don't talk about that. When 
a positive situation done, we always seem to draw to the negative. We don't we don't run to the the light. We run to the dark, and that's 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 horrible. It, it's, it's killing us off quicker than, than than a lot of other things that are going on. It's it's, it's the mind state. Um, I think with the mom with the kid, I I actually saw the video on Facebook. I didn't even I heard her say her first three words, and I didn't even want to hear what a possible excuse could be for why she did that. Um, ultimately, that money was given. More times than not, by by our people to support, uh, bearing the child, not to improve your life, and then I guess that's twice now where the parent of the dying child wasn't even raising the child in the first place. What does that say? So you didn't take care of them in life, but you want to benefit from them in death. That's that's heinous every way you turn around. My question is, when are we going to get upset enough to to do what we need to do? Or do what we can. Uh, we say we need all the time. Sometimes I don't know if we know what we need anymore. Let's let's, let's take take a step back on the expectation level and go uh, do what you know you're supposed to be doing. That would be a great start. We we gotta have standards. Do what we know that we need to do, and, may, and maybe we can you know graduate from that to doing you know bigger and better. But right now, uh, a lot of us are shrinking away, and I I can understand. Uh, those of us that didn't have the benefits um, of, of that great pan or, or that that great person in our life who who showed us the way. Uh, it, it, this world can be hard when you got positive examples in front of you. It definitely can be hard when you don't. Right. But at some point, you have to take possession of your own life. You have to take possession of your own wins and your own losses. You got to take. Uh, Stock about the decisions that you're making, the outcomes of those decisions. Because there's always right. outcomes, regardless of how you do it. And we, 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 to my opinion, as black folks, we as a collective group aren't doing that well enough, in my opinion. I feel like I, can, I'm, I have a right to that opinion. <laughs> but I, I would also love to see us get off of social media with our ideas. Um, it, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm pretty sure you have a very observant guy. But we'll, there'll be a point of a meme which will be open to the public. And a, a well-intentioned black person might be the first person that started the meme to put it up. And there'll be uh, a number of black people that may agree or disagree with the meme. But let's say, for the sake of this conversation, that they agree with the meme, right? If it's a right. national story, there'll be other people, not as if it's to us, that share their opinion. It'll be some of the most hateful stuff you ever seen in your life. We already know right. how they feel about us. We already know the obvious. We need again. I, I've been saying this since you met me, which is why I really appreciate the brothers' bills and what it provides. We need to have these conversations with us. Turn the TV off. Put the the joystick down. Leave reality TV alone for five seconds, and talk to each other. Work it out with each other. Quit worrying about acceptance from from the powers that be. Accept ourselves first. Have that conversation. We get to the point where we can agree to disagree with ourselves. And once we get some form of unity, then, then we can start talking about expectations as a collective. And then once we can do that, then we can actually start reaching for that, that goal that we put in front of ourselves. Right now, I kind of feel like you got... We're splitting the factions, in my opinion. 
You got those okay. of us that are, are awake and trying to make a change in this world. You got those those of us that are, uh, are also awake, but are convinced that this world is not worth saving anymore. So you got those of us that are asleep that would like to be awake. You got those of us that are just lost and we can get, give a care less what's going on in the world. And the bottom line is, in order for us to make this change, it's going to take all of us. So the right. brothers and sisters that are awake got to reach out to the ones that are awake that have lost hope, that that, that don't believe that we can do it on our own. I guess we can. And, and the, those for those that are asleep that want to be awoke, we got we got to help those wake up. And, and another for those that are completely lost in the sauce, short short man and high grass. We need to to, to model it like we model for our kids and educational system and the system that work. Model it. This is what this is what financial obviously looks like. Brother, sister, let me help you. You ain't got to struggle. You ain't got to hustle like that. Let me show you a way to do this. Right. This is how I'm living. Yes, sir. You know, and, and, I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to uh, state because uh, brother Art, he said, uh, we need self improvement, unity, and loyalty as a race. He said, uh, when we see benefits from it, right now it just sounds good, but things have to be practical and profitable. And I agree. Uh, I, I wanted to say that, just one caveat to what you were saying. I think that we do need unity. I just don't believe, it, 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 I'm looking at the annals of history, we never had 100% unification. I think that what we gotcha. what we need to be looking for is enough size of us. Maybe it might be the minority, or maybe it's the majority, the, the minority that ends up being the majority. But I think that things have to happen from a standpoint that we have enough of us creating things that are that are successful and winning, and like Brother was saying, that they are uh, practical and profitable. To where we say, hey, you know, here is a, a township that we're building. And, yes, you can buy a house. And how do we know you can buy a house? Because we have a, you know, we have a bank. We have a, a, a charter, you know, we're not a bank, but a, a credit union that, hey, if you are banking at this credit union, at the end of the day, they're going to give you a loan to buy a house in this township that is, you know, predominantly black or 100% black. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is that that, that you're trying to do in the beginning, I'm, I'm not for sure because I, I know everybody has a lot of plans. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't claim to have all the answers. But the one thing I, I I can tell my people is that yes, it can be done, and we don't need them to tell us how to raise our children. We don't need them to tell us about our health. I, I sit in the school daily, where I see young children who are forced to drink milk that are African-American who are lactose intolerant. And it's only because of their food chart that that is not agreeable to us. And we're still telling our kids that they got to eat foods off these charts that they don't need, where they don't need vitamin, you know, like uh, where they say, oh, you need calcium for your bones. Man, you don't need that cow's milk for your bones. That ain't that, that. That was that was something that was forced on us. That's that's about just as bad as, you know, as uh, chillings. Especially if your body can't break it down, right? Well, right. because we don't have ownership in enough things collectively, and and because I, I, I have to keep that collective thing out there, because individually, we have some of us who have businesses that have land that open schools and things of that nature, but as a collective, 
we don't have enough of it to where we can go back and say, all right, look, brother, this is if you put this gun down and work with the brother man across the street, this is what we can show. We, we, we show you this is what we've done. You know, I mean, those places exist. I, I want to say that again. I, I know I, I keep saying it on, on the air. I've been there. I'm moving there. <laughs> I'm moving there. Uh, but I feel like it's not enough of those places all over America. And a lot of it is just because we have a warped sense of what it looks like if you live in a predominant black neighborhood. A black neighborhood, you know, and I think a lot of the reasons why those perceptions are warped, Brother O, is because we don't own the institutions in the black, so-called black neighborhoods now. So we we're not the we don't own the institutions that give out loans for businesses. We don't own the institutions that will even allow black churches to keep their doors open. You know, the black church, uh, for better or for worse has been a major powerhouse in our communities for years. And some of them can't even keep their doors open based off of the relationships they have with banks. And also, unlike their uh, European counterparts, they haven't learned how to add on to the church or figure out a way to, to own the church one. You know, in the Twin Cities, there's gems connected to a lot of these former Catholic uh, and Protestant churches. And these gems and these places are set up, and now this charter school boom, most of the rent money is going to these churches, these white churches. But most of the children that go to these charter schools are black. Mm-hmm. So we have to start thinking on the business level and start thinking years ahead. And we need to stop, you know, and I know, Brother O, you, you, you're a Christian. And, you know, I always make my statements, and, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to damn the church. Uh, but because I, I believe, hey, what, what you what you believe in, hey, that's your business. That ain't got nothing to do with me. But I will say this much, uh, the black church needs to get a little bit more business savvy overall and less uh, worried about, uh, who's listening to Beyonce? Stop spreading the rumors about uh, rappers and devil worshiping. Because to me, you know, you got a whole swath of people that's talking about Jay Z's a devil worshiper, and that's coming directly from uh, folks who say, "Oh, these Illuminati signs, and this is why you need to buy a gospel rap album." I think that's some BS because that's just misleading the people more. And instead of talking about Jay-Z being a devil worshiper, how about we start talking about the practical things that's going on in the community and getting involved in the police brutality uh, cases and uh, the the murders by the police. Uh, That's what I would like to see more from those institutions. Uh, Five minutes to go on the show, brother. I just wanted to uh, thank you uh, for definitely coming on. I know I I was waiting on brother Adrian because Adrian, we want to do, I might have to have Adrian do a special show by himself because Adrian got some stuff, man. And I ain't even want to step on his toes because Adrian got some stuff that folks don't know about the Cosby show. Uh, Bill Cosby, some some historic stuff. The next brother's built, uh, brother, oh, I'll make sure he break it down to you definitely. Uh, But um, 
he was uh man, he he was breaking down even how in the beginning of the Cosby show they did not want to cast him as a doctor. The pilot, he was a cab driver. And um they didn't want to talk about his wife even being a uh a a a lawyer cuz that wasn't the that's not how Bill wrote the story. Tom Warner, one of the producers of the show, they wanted to kind of turn away from the blue-collar James Evans of the world, and they didn't want to have a George Jefferson-type character on TV anymore. They really wanted it more of a more docile, uh, if you will. This, this, this is my opinion, not Brother Adrian. They wanted to have a new Negro, if you will. And when I say Negro, I mean K-N-E-E-G-R-O-W. That's what they wanted. And it was good for us to see a black doctor, to see a black lawyer being married under one roof. But the one thing that we all have to be critical of of that show, even though I love the show, um, is that they never tackled issues that was going on in the 80s in black families. There was never a a show where he talked about uh, either crack addiction or people selling drugs. His kids, you know, that never was a part of the show. You know that, and I know that. They talked about it on A Different mm-hmm. World, but they never talked about it on the Cosby show. His kids never really had friends who were less off. And I don't care if you black middle class or what have you, uh, especially uh, I think the show was based out of New York. Uh, it, it was definitely going to be some, uh, you know, going to a public school, which his kids went to. It was going to be some poor kids there. That never was a part of the conversation. Um so it was a lot of things with that show that was ne- not necessarily his brainchild. It was the writers. They wanted to um, craft this image of Cliff Huxtable and craft this image of Bill Cosby. And that's what Brother Adrian wanted to talk about. And that's why it's important, if you're listening to this show, um, to, to critically think about that. You know, hey, when I defend him... Am I defending uh, Bill Cosby or am I de- defending the character Cliff Huxtable? Because from everything that I've seen outside of the death of his son Enos and, you know, the, the Pudding Pops and the Coca-Cola commercials, everything outside of that um, is despicable as far as, William, you know, Dr. William H. Cosby. It's despicable as far as how we saw African Americans. It's despicable as far as um, some of his treatment of folks who he felt like was less than. And I'm not talking about these white women either. You know, I, that that's not, you know, for for better or for worse. And I think it's for better. That's not my role as a, as a black man. My black, you know, that's not my job. They got white lynch mobs for that. If he really raped those white women, hey, man, the justice system is going to deal with him if that was true. That's what I honestly believe. But the flip side of it is when you talk that talk the way he talked it about our people in such a disparaging uh, way, he should have been able to stand on his own. With that, that's Rand Radio for this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, uh, taking a look at the ISIS papers and some of her critics in death. Y'all won't believe some of this stuff. Um, 
the people that has been uh, writing about uh, the doctor. And you know what? Uh, next week, we're going to give them hell. Brother O, thank you for coming on as always. Brother, you know, one love. We'll definitely uh, rap about it tomorrow. And to my listeners out there, Brother R, Sister Umi, uh, Sister Lanisha, and we've got a few other folks who are actually listening live, uh, called in. Hey, man, they didn't press that option one, but they're listening. Hey, man, we appreciate y'all for uh, for calling in and, uh, you know, hey, being a part of Rand Radio this week. Y'all be easy. Peace. Peace.